0: Hey, welcome to the Doc Washburn Show podcast. We're so thankful that you joined us today. Uh, this is uh, episode 157, episode 157. We're so thankful again that you're here. Uh Doc Washburn is planning on being back, uh, I think, on Thursday. Looks like that's pretty solid. Uh, he's going to take a day to kind of decompress from the... Um, campaign if you haven't heard we uh, it was pretty pretty uh, brutal results uh, and we we knew that it was going to be a tough tough uh, fight and it indeed was I think it the final was uh, 80 20 it was you know it was not anything like we had hoped um, it may have been actually a little under 20 maybe 80 to 18 something like that Uh doesn't diminish at all the tremendous, tremendous work by all of our volunteers, all of our donors, uh, the tremendous, tremendous network we built all across the state. A lot, a lot of positive things. Uh, just a phenomenal uh, evening this evening uh, that I was able to attend at uh, the campaign event uh, reception and had a lot of the volunteers there. And that was just really, really good. My heart really went out to Doc and to uh, all those volunteers and donors who invested so heavily, invested their time. And you know, there were tears and people that really, really worked hard. Uh, and so that's, that's who I felt. Uh, you know, I didn't, certainly didn't feel sorry for me or for. Uh, the pr- other principles of the campaign. I-, I did doc, but just because he worked so hard. But, uh, thank you for your prayers. Thank you for all your support. And, uh, we move on and we're going to talk about that. If we get a chance, uh, on this podcast, we're going to try to talk about, uh, the resist, the conservative resistance, uh, nationwide and what it means and, uh, where it is and, uh, how to sustain it. So looking forward to the podcast today. And uh, looking forward to having you. So, uh, thankful to have you. There's a lot of great stuff coming out about the, uh, the uh, primaries, uh, midterm primaries. Uh, I see where Mo Brooks makes the GOP Senate primary runoff against Katie Britt. Uh, I think that was actually, uh, I believe Katie Britt was the, uh, was the endor, Trump endorsed candidate. Uh, let's see here. Um, Katie Britt, former Senator Richard Shelby's chief of staff. Uh, let's see. And I think, uh, Brooks, if I remember right, Mo Brooks, who left the house to run for the Senate, did something that uh, President Trump didn't like and he withdrew his endorsement. Don't know that Trump ever actually endorsed Britt. Uh, let me see here. Um they say Trump waited on several races that took place Tuesday in the Yellowhammer State, uh, and initially endorsed Brooks last year. Uh, Trump later rescinded that endorsement after he accused Brooks of going to woke when he told voters in the state was trying to, uh, place folks on 22 and 2024. So looking back to the stolen election of 2020. Uh, and so, um anyway, w- what's fascinating, is that President Trump's kind of all over the map on this, uh, because, you know, he punishes Mo Brooks, uh, and, uh, for kind of going, going back and, and rescinding. Well, not really rescinding, but Mo Brooks stood with President Trump during the 2020 election very ardently And then, uh, later on said, we need to move on, you know. And uh and yet there are those like uh John Bozeman who senator here in Arkansas just won by landslide tonight. And I'll talk more about that later. Um uh, so Trump didn't endorse in that race. He just uh he withdrew his endorsement from Mo Brooks. Um uh, but it's 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 kinda it's kind of, uh, strange how President Trump is all over the map, really. Yeah. You know, it has his prerogative. He can do what he wants to do, but, uh, John Bozeman blamed him for January the 6th and he endorsed him. A lot of this, I'll just tell you a lot of this is the people around President Trump. And I know that's not an excuse because he's his own man. You know, he can do what he wants to do. Uh, and, but a lot of it is people around him telling him you know and there's really no rhyme or reason uh and and uh, and, and what's fascinating we will we'll get into this later because I want to I'm going to spend some time on the entire uh well let's just let's stick here we're already here uh one thing I found fascinating was tonight of course Sarah Huckabee Sanders just runs away with the governorship uh primary uh in the Republican primary then uh, there were, but almost every other conservative, uh, Con- Colonel Conrad Reynolds, who ran against French Hill, who is a, is, is nothing but a, I mean, he's not even a good rhino. And, and he just, he beats, uh, he, he beats Conrad by 20 points, uh, you know, 60-40, but, uh, um, maybe a little less than that. But what's fascinating is there's 25,000 additional votes, typically in that second district where we live here in central Arkansas, metro, metropolitan Little Rock and surrounding area. Uh, there were 50, I'm sorry, 25,000 more votes, 50% more votes in a primary that didn't have, if I remember right, there may have been a few high profile races, uh, primary type races, but not, not a, a ton. Uh, you know, of course the typical house races and so forth, but there were not a lot of just super high profile races that would have just pulled people out. Uh, but you have a 50% increase. Uh, and so, you know, I don't know if Sarah Huckabee Sanders, generated that kind of, you certainly didn't see it on Facebook, you didn't see it uh, in talking to people, that kind of, you know, them being really excited about her, but uh, somehow uh, 25,000 more people than typical of a Republican primary come out and vote. And what's really strange is in Conrad Reynolds' uh, case, it looks like that you know, they predominantly, if not almost completely voted for, uh, for French Hill. And, uh, and so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's really a mixed bag. Uh, Herschel Walker won going away. Of course, he's just in the primary and he beat, I believe the, uh, agricultural secretary or something like that of, uh, of, of Georgia and beat him pretty handily. I think it was, you know, it was it was pretty bad. Um and so there's been um I hadn't seen the Tennessee race uh what, you know, because that's a pretty high profile congressional congressional race there in Tennessee. Uh let's switch gears and we may come back to the election. Uh but the Texas school shooter, what we know, it was uh, Salvador, if you've not heard, there was a shooting near the border of Mexico, Uvalde, Texas, which is a predominantly Hispanic, uh, area. And, uh, the shooter was an 18 year old kid by the name of Salvador Ramos, open fire at Robb Elementary School, killing 19 children and, uh, and two teachers from what I uh, understand so far um he also had previously killed his uh mother i'm sorry grandmother um, so uh he was he he had killed his grandmother i think right before uh right before this um chris wecker was on with uh um, i believe let's see here with Laura Ingram, he's talking about uh, and again, the first question I had one was this someone coming over from uh, from Mexico two uh, you know was uh, was there something else in involved here? It looks like there was maybe some family uh, some kind of domestic squabble. And it spilled over because he actually has, uh, at least two girls, both ten still missing. Uh, and so families feel, fearing that these two were killed. I don't think these were family members. I think they were kids in the school. Um, Chris Wecker, who is a former FBI assistant director, claimed the alleged shooter, uh, of Rob Elementary School, uh, was flashing red. Uh, ahead of this unspeakable cowardly act. Like every mass shooter, especially the young ones, this one was flashing red, it appears, which is no surprise. They seem to always communicate threats. They seem to articulate what they're thinking, their state of mind, the people around them can, can't help but notice that. We don't know whether anybody reported this or whether any law enforcement officer had any contact with him over this. Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he was, uh, probably FBI was aware of him. We will find out later. And I'm, again, I'm, I'm speculating, but I'm basing this on the past that uh, he probably was known by the FBI. Uh, but you know, it could have been, and I'm not trying to be, you know, just impossible with the FBI, but more than likely they were chasing grannies that were, you know, waving flags in January the 6th didn't have time to, uh, monitor the social media of a, a kid that would end up killing 19, uh, children and two adults. Uh, here's the million dollar question. You know, all the Democrats, uh, tweeting out about, you know, dropping the F bomb at Republican lawmakers and advocating for, uh, for, uh, gun uh, Stricter gun laws. A, um, from what I understand, the the young man bought the guns legally. B, he went into a restricted gun zone. So your idea as a liberal is that gun zones are safe, gun free zones are safe. This was a gun free zone. It was forbidden. You couldn't even bring a a gun onto the campus, uh, but this guy did because he uh, murderers don't tend to follow the law. It's kind of antithetical to what they do, and uh, sure enough, so this guy breaches a gun-free zone with a gun that was legally purchased and subsequently kills 19 children and two adults. So how do you fix that? Because he got the gun legally, he came onto a gun-free zone, so you would think everything that the liberal wants, that would have protected those children, but it didn't. Uh, because this maniac, uh, happened not to obey the no guns allowed sign. Uh, go figure. So, uh, so what's the next step? Well, their idea is, you know, and ironically, Lori Lightfoot, the mayor of Chicago, weighs in. It's like, Lori, you probably want to sit this one out since you have a Uvalde happen every weekend in Chicago. So go ahead and sit this one out, uh, this time, Beetlejuice, if you don't mind. And so, um, we, we find that, um, uh, you know, their, their answer to this is, more gun laws. Well, you had a gun law and the gun law that cost 19 children their lives and two adults and endless, uh, and, and eternal suffering and pain for parents who have lost their children is you, for, you forbid anybody from protecting those children by having a weapon there where that, whereby they could have protected these children. And, uh, that is, the the true tragedy uh but uh, at the same time uh democrats you know will use this as their soapbox uh and uh and and try to make hay out of it with every fiber of their being no doubt about that uh when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more about uh what's going on here uh with uh, with the uh, Uvalde school shooting. We're going to talk about a few things that you won't hear on any other uh, news program uh, about the, the school shooting and what it all means or what it entails, and uh, we'll get right into it when
1: we come back.
0: Well, I thought we would. We're having a little technical difficulty so we'll try to come back to that um but uh, if you haven't heard there was a terrible school shooting in Uvalde Texas Uvalde is down uh, near the border uh, as i said earlier it is uh, predominantly uh, uh uh hispanic uh and uh, these these children uh were predominantly hispanic the perpetrator was hispanic and so it's um uh it's pretty pretty uh a really, really sad day and actually a day uh something that did not have to happen. Uh it, it was not it, it did not have to go down that way uh because all you needed was multiple teachers uh with training, resource uh officers with training uh that could have protected those children uh, someone had a great idea we could have taken the 40 billion we sent to ukraine and uh, trained our own uh, officers for our schools we'll be right back here in just a moment talk about it a little bit more
1: if you try to buy a car recently you realize there's such a chip shortage you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for people i know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options, and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says explore payment options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options. You have complete control over it. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, And all the math happens automatically, so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom. The dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live. RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton. M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton... Make sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, hurt at a job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit JustinMintonLaw.com
0: today. All right, we're getting back to the Uvalde school shooting down in Uvalde, Texas, And, uh, by the way, I'm Donnie Copeland sitting in for Doc Washburn. Uh, the plan is for Doc to be back on the air or back on the podcast on Thursday. So I will be, uh, or really days don't matter as much, but for the next couple episodes, I'll be on the, I'll be on the mic and then Doc will be back. Thank you so much for sitting in and, and supporting me the way you have. You've been so kind. I really appreciate it and, uh, looking forward to Doc getting back here and I can be working behind the scenes and hopefully I'll see you back, you know, sometime when he takes a vacation or whatever. But I've thoroughly enjoyed it, uh, but I'm certainly ready for him to get back here and, and to know that you are as well. And, uh, so, but anyway, we're, we're talking about the Uvalde school shooting and, uh, you know, of course the liberals are making hay of it using the old Rahm Emanuel, uh, line. Never let a tragedy go to waste. And that's exactly what they're doing. You know, just basically using it to, uh, halt gun control. And in reality, the very things that liberals say will stop, uh, will cease the, uh, perpetration of, uh, of, of gun violence stop. Uh, they got exactly what they wanted. Uh, these were legally purchased guns because that's supposed to make a difference. Uh, and secondly, they outlawed all guns on this campus. But newsflash, the criminal, the serial killer, the maniac, didn't obey the signs. And uh, you've got to be a special kind of not smart to think, uh, no firearms beyond this point is a strategy when it comes to people who are either demon possessed or mentally ill or both. And so, uh, you know, and then here's the thing, uh, Republicans will quake in their boots and shake and weakly re-reply about gun control. When they should turn this right back on Democrats and say, it is, it is because of you these children have died. And it is. And it's because of you these two teachers have lost their lives. And these children are maimed in their, in their mental capacity for the rest of their life by what they saw. And it's your fault because you didn't allow someone to protect these children. Yeah. You'll put guards outside of your, chambers where you hold your, uh, where, where you convene uh, at the Capitol. Yeah, you won't fence around uh, where you are. Yeah, you won't, uh, at your bank, you won't armed guards, but you won't allow a school to have armed guards to protect them. And it is pathetic, and it is has uh, been an opportunist that you would try to use gun control uh, when you are actually at fault. Democrats, And so that's my take on it. Also, uh, you'll find if this was a lily white kid that shot up a Hispanic school or a black school, his face would be all over every newscast. His name, if it was Bubba Jones, would be uh, on a loop and it would be repeated until the, the, the loop, if that's even possible, got so hot it melted uh but that's not the case here the case here is uh that this uh, maniac you know this possessed person uh was um you know uh, was Hispanic and we still don't know and may not ever know uh Salvador Ramos and we may never know if he was legal if he had Immigration papers. Uh, they're certainly not going to delve into that, and they're going to say, "Well, that is of little consequence." It's of, always of little consequence when it doesn't fit their racial stereotype of crimes committed, etc. If that was Bubba Smith that shot up a Asian school or a Hispanic school or a black school, it would be round the clock at ad nauseum. But because it is a Hispanic. Shooter, young shooter, uh, and it was Hispanic kids, it's a non-story. And, uh, and so it's, it's kind of similar to Black Lives Matter, is Black Lives Matter is all over the, all over certain situations, but when they feel like it's not going to benefit them, then all of a sudden you don't, uh, the, 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 the narrative changes. And so, uh, we'll be following this story and, uh, either Doc or, or myself, uh, in the next episode will follow up as well. And then Doc may have something to offer when he comes back on, on Thursday. Uh, but, uh, um, so, so here's, here's the bottom line is, line as we talk about this is one, the, um, this, this shooting happened, uh, and, and I'm not a big, you know i'm I, I typically am not a big conspiracy theorist when it comes to something like this uh i've heard people say you know the the shooter was unleashed on, on primary day and i just I, I i don't always go there and i resist that just because uh look there's plenty here without Having to fabricate or to sh- at least stretch something and, and maybe someone has some more information that said, well, I'm not stretching it. It's it, here's the facts. Then I will, you know, I'll certainly stand corrected, but it seems like it's kind of just, you know, uh, if, if we're not careful, we can, we can uh, delve into it and make it that it was so conspiratorial that we, we lose the true, uh, the, the true factors here and the true issues. And here's the bottom issue. The bottom issue is not gun control. There was gun control here. This school was a gun-free zone, but a criminal decided, uh, you know, a maniac decided to not abide by that. And we have to have protection for our children. And if Republicans had an ounce of whatever, backbone or, or uh, conservatism, I, I don't know what you would call it, uh, other than moxie, is they would be right now pointing their finger at Democrats and say, you did this because you made this area a, a, a gun-free zone and somebody needed to have a gun because the the, the per, perpetrators certainly did, uh, but yet... Uh, you, you made this a gun, a gun-free zone, so guess what the result is? The result is you have 19 children that are dead and two adults and untold heartache and grieving and misery, uh, because you had this ideal, uh, that certainly did not hold up. And so, uh, let's switch gears here just for a moment. Uh, we're going to go to break and catch our other two, uh, our other two sponsors here in just a moment. But when we come back, I want to delve a little bit into the, uh, primary midterms, what it means, uh, what it means for President Trump. I think you're going to see that it's a little bit all over the map, quite honestly, uh, with, uh, President Trump about, uh, the people he endorsed or maybe people he didn't endorse uh i think uh at least leading up until tonight uh president trump had enjoyed pretty much a, a flawless run uh but uh you know as far as endorsements uh but uh little, little tarnished tonight not not greatly um and and you know several of his candidates won overwhelmingly and then a few that uh, I think it's less about people he endorsed that didn't win, and it's more about not endorsing people he should have endorsed while he endorsed people that he really technically had no, no business endorsing just because of their past. And so uh, we'll delve into that after we come back from uh, our break, and uh, we'll be right back here in just a
1: moment. We talk a lot about pushing back. Against the overreach of the federal government, what better example would there be than Obamacare? Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky high copays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays, and then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule, call now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend, Art Wilborn, he makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things which would deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Click the big red button. Schedule a call now. Book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. Art Wilborn. You make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, preparing for the unexpected, or anything else. Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement? Call my friend, Jonathan Presswood, today. He'll help you create a personalized Financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashbromshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC.
0: All right, we're talking about the midterms, also talking about the Uvalde uh, school shooting. we kind of been running the gambit here uh, in this episode, and uh, there's a couple of things here that I wanted to uh, touch base on and uh, and kind of what the primary night uh, actually Means, I, I think the biggest takeaway for me when I look at someone like Mo Brooks, who was first endorsed by Trump and then pulled that endorsement, then endorsed uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, uh, and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders endorsed two of President Trump's arch rivals, uh, all Republicans, the two arch rivals, one going away, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, one going away. So what do you take from that? What do you take from President Trump endorsing Sarah Huckabee Sanders, who in turns goes to Indiana, raises the money with Michael Pence, who stabbed President Trump in the back, who publicly endorses French Hill, publicly endorses uh, Senator John Bozeman, House of Representatives uh, uh, French Hill, and, uh, the, both of these men said that January 6th was President Trump's fault, said stolen elections, a fable and a fallacy, uh, on and on. But yet these two, uh, you know, these two guys are endorsed by the person who, uh, President Trump didn't endorse them, but the person who endorsed, uh, her, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, endorses these two, and they all three win going away. And, and, uh, to boot, uh, Conrad Reynolds who ran against French Hill in the second district. Uh and I believe this um, just hang with me because I believe this uh parallels are are is mirrored in every uh uh red state at least uh if not some purple states uh, under the sound of my voice. But I think the biggest problem is not a problem at all, but I think it is that uh The older voter and the uninformed voter that is maybe a Trump supporter will just vote blindly for the Trump, the Oz may met in Pennsylvania that President Trump endorsed. But President Trump's biggest, uh, question mark is how he's all over the map with his endorsements. And you can tell, and there was a time in his, uh, administration where he had administrators selling that influence. They'd say, "Hey, you know, I can get you dinner uh, in the Lincoln, you know, or, or in the Capitol, or in the the the, the uh, president's quarters, and it's going to cost you X amount." And so uh, that stuff probably goes on all the time, but it was really going on. But President Trump's just got a lot of people around him. That do not have his best interests and certainly not the best interests of the United States, uh, that, that they hold. And so, uh, and, and it shows. And so you got this conundrum where, uh, President Trump endorses Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She wins going away. She endorses two guys that, uh, basically stuck their finger in President Trump's eye and they win going away. And so it's, you know, uh, it, it's, an, it's, it's an anomaly. And we had 25,000 more votes come in uh, in this primary uh than is normal. So all of that, what does all that mean? I'm going to tell you what I think it means. I think, A, it means that, you know, President Trump doesn't always know. And uh, so voters have to do their homework. It's not good enough that President Trump said, this person or that person, because you don't know who told President Trump, man, this is a great guy, this is a great lady you ought to you you ought to endorse them and and all the time they're selling that endorsement without president trump's knowledge, they're possibly selling that you know hey, I can get you a endorsement for a hundred thousand dollars, and uh, I do know at one time that stuff was going on. And President Trump put an end to it, but who's to say it's not still going on? And so, um, and then you have people, you have true conservatives. They don't have a lot of money, uh, but they're great candidates. Doc Washmore was a great candidate. Conrad Reynolds was a great candidate. Um, even Jake Beckett and, um, uh, oh, what was her name? Uh, Jan Morgan. They were great candidates, but at the end of the day, it didn't matter because, uh, President Trump endorsed Sarah Huckabee Sanders. She in turn endorses uh, John Bozeman and French Hill, and it's into uh, the end of the story you know game set and match and so uh, what I want to talk about that that's kind of the that's kind of the lay of the land for uh, this you know uh, this election cycle, especially in this primary. But what I would like to talk about as a follow up to this, uh, is the conservative resistance. Uh, and that is, do we just give up and say, okay, let the moderates have it? Just give up and let them just do what they want to do. Uh, but, uh, it, you, you have to believe in true freedom. You have to believe in, uh, in, in true liberty, uh, to keep standing because it's not easy to stand. It's not easy to, to take that stand but we we have to have to do it. So when we come back we're going to talk a little bit about the conservative resistance, uh what it looks like and then how do we uh start it, how do we maintain it uh and and basically where do we go from here? I don't know about you and your state, uh but this this cycle here in Arkansas every moderate one going away. And it was such an anomaly. Uh, so what, what does the conservative do? See, uh, Arkansas has been a, uh, red state and I'm using air quotes here. It's been a Republican state since 2010. So about 12 years, uh, but it has never become a conservative state. It's never become a state where the legislature is, you know, knows their role. They know it's a separate role than the governor, uh, but they s- seem to rubber stamp stuff and there's not a lot of individual thought going into some, you know, some of this. So, uh, what we have is we have, uh, this, this kind of lockstep. And so we need a resistance. We need some people that says, look, you, you've got to quit voting. Uh, middle of the road, you gotta vote conservative. So we're gonna look, look at it, uh, in the last segment here tonight and talk about, uh, how we can, uh, as a conservative movement, uh, what the, what is the resistance? Is there one? Uh, if it's going, how do we sustain it? If it's not, how do we get it moving? And we'll talk about it when we come right back.
1: have migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look at the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your abs adjusted, because you probably do. If You're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, Turn my power dot com and click on find a doctor near you. And I sure hope you can.
0: We've been talking about the conservative resistance uh, and how that Republican doesn't mean conservative. And it seems like conservatives uh, have some isolated victories, but uh, the wins are few and far between. And it's really hard to get a conservative momentum going. We have a few, very few races, but we have a handful of races uh, in Arkansas tonight where the conservative uh, is at least in a runoff, but very, very few. Uh, and most of the congressional races, the Senate and House races, the more conservative uh, candidate, uh, especially if that candidate was, uh, not an incumbent loss going away, I mean you know twenty points was the norm. Uh, ten and fifteen was not abnormal uh, but but twenty was you know it was it was larger than smaller margins so here's the question tonight is uh, just because you have a red state doesn't mean they are uh conservative, they may be republican, uh, and it may be in a state even like Arkansas that is really not uh, the legislature on social issues, yes. But when it comes to fiscal po- uh, policy, uh, tax policy, uh, uh, even regulation, uh, they are not r- Republican. And and I'm going to tell you why. Why uh, they can be very uh, conservative when it comes to social issues. But when it comes to fiscal, when it comes to, uh tax policy because that affects their big time donors, that affects Oakland. that affects uh, Walmart, it affects Tyson Food. And so uh they're they're beholden to the big money people uh in the state. And uh you know I've heard my whole not my whole life, but twenty years I've been in Arkansas, it's just a little poor state. Well you have three billion dollars uh, you know, one point something. Then you get you've got a surplus that's projected, and it's going to be scaring three billion dollars. Well, you know what? Uh, the reason you're a poor little state. One, every state is poor because they don't have any money except for the people's money. But has it ever occurred to one politician the reason that Arkansas or any other state could possibly be poor? Is because the state who has nothing, owns nothing, has no assets, has three billion dollars of the, uh, in this case, our money sitting in a savings account and still, instead of being in the checking account or in the pocket of our And so you have to have legislators, you have to have governors, you have to have lieutenant governors, you have to have uh, constitutional officers. That will stand for liberty and stand for conservatism and be able to articulate it and to stand for it and not to blink. And so what does the conservative resistance do? What, where do we go from here? What do we do? I know tonight, uh, earlier, you know, uh, our, yeah, earlier t- tonight, uh, I was at a, um, Event for Doc and you know and and it's just I mean some of the best people in the world work their just tails off and you know they're in tears and, and not everybody not even most everybody was cr- crying but there was a few that was just and it was the ones that had worked the hardest they had put it all on the line so to those people what do you say what do you say to those people that knock 600 doors like the Sylvie's what do you do when you're a you know, uh a a a a uh hardworking farmer or somebody and you've given two thousand dollars and you're you know and that's not that's not a little bit of money to anybody. Are you somebody that gave their last you know their only discretionary money of five bucks or ten bucks, uh somebody that drove all over the state like a Marvin or a Jeremiah. Uh, the people that in Jonesboro that knocked doors everywhere they went and, and knocked door after door. Uh, and I'm going to tell you what it does. And then your candidate gets beat 80 to 20 or 82 to 18. It makes you want to quit. It makes you want to stop and say it can never be. But, but it's like anything else in life. Uh, if it were easy, everybody would be doing it and it's not going to be easy. Uh, get, getting free from Great Britain wasn't easy. The revolution wasn't easy. Uh, there's never been anything that has been worth anything that was ever easy. And uh, one of the most frustrating things about the conservative resistance is we are, uh, we are pitted against our fellow Republicans. But as we well know, being Republican does not make you conservative. And so, some of, some of this is educating the voter because I think the voter is uh, is very uneducated and aware of what's going on. Somehow, some way, we have to get uh, voters more interested in who your congressman is, how they voted, who your senator is, how they voted, uh, and, and whomever else they may be wanting to to uh, vote for. And, uh, and get them more interested in that than they are American Idol or, uh, the voice or the mass singer. And, and, and nothing wrong with entertainment. I mean, that's people's business. They want to do it. That's fine. Uh, that, that's strictly their business. I don't think it's necessarily deplorable or anything. But what is deplorable is when you know who every mass singer is, but you don't know who your congressman or your senator is. And then you're not engaged at some degree, whether it's giving, putting out a sign. I'm not talking about you're knocking doors day and night, but you you have to be involved. So where does this leave the conservative resistance? Well, I think we decide. We decide, well, I'm quitting. Well, you know, I remember one time I was going through a really tough time uh, as a pastor at this particular congregation. And... um, and, you know, I was, I was thinking about, and I had some people that had really stuck with me and fought, when I say fought, you know, stood with me. Uh, and it was some principles that I, I felt strong about, as did they, uh, that we couldn't leave. You know, we had to stick with these things. They're, they're tenets of the gospel and we have to stick with them. And others, I won't say all of them didn't feel that way, but they didn't feel like it needed to be articulated. Quite like I was articulating it, and probably didn't feel like it was necessary either. Um, and so there was some, there was you know some disagreement, and it 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 got pretty pretty bad under the scenes. Nothing nothing so much publicly or anything. But we were just stuck kind of as a church in this you know infighting. And when I say infighting, not openly, but more behind the scenes and more. Uh, beneath the surface, than any public uh, disagreements or anything, uh, it was just more philosophy and scriptural, quite honestly. Uh, but very much like what we're seeing today within the Republican Party, you have people that says, "Well, we got to get along with the Democrats." Well, we can't be against everything. And you have people over here says, "No, we got to go by the Constitution. Nothing else matters. I don't care what people think." and so th- you have the same thing, and so uh I've gotten really weary and tired of the whole thing, and it was taking a toll on my family, and, and, uh, you know, I, I'd not, this was my third and last church to, you know, to, uh, pastor, uh, I actually had been, a a, a uh, an assistant in a church, and so I'd only pastored one church, and it was totally opposite. Very young congregation; everybody were there was new believers. It was like one big happy family. We never had a disagreement. We never had one, you know, word where we were at each other's throat or anything like that. And so this was so upsetting and so unnecessary, and I was just really tired of it. I was praying one day and. And I said, you know, God, I'm just tired. I'm, uh, you know, I just need to move on. I need to go do something else. I need to, you know, I need to let these people, you know, kind of sort this out. And, and you know, I'm done, uh, so to speak. And, and God asked me a powerful, powerful question. And uh, if you just joined us, we're talking about the conservative resistance. When things don't go our way, where do we go from here? And do we quit? Do we say, okay, it wasn't worth it. We knocked 600 doors. We gave $2,000, uh, you know, and, and to no avail. Not only did we lose, we lost going away. And so does anybody care? And so the answer is yes, somebody cares. 20% of the population cared. Yes, somebody cares. Uh, 50,000 people in Doc's case, 50,000 people, a really good a class A city in the in the state of Arkansas, which would be the top tier city, a fairly decent sized city voted uh, for conservative values. So, yes, it matters. And so here's the choice as the conservative resistance. Here's the, the choice is very clear. If we quit, we say everything we fought for doesn't matter. Everything that we believed in doesn't matter. Everything that we have espoused doesn't matter. Thank goodness Patrick Henry didn't quit. Thank goodness Thomas Jefferson didn't quit. Thank goodness, uh, you know, John Adams didn't quit. George Washington didn't quit. Uh, Thank God all the men and women who Played a part in the revolution. They didn't quit. They said, you know, this thing matters and we're going to see it through. And, and I, I, that is the same mentality that you and I have to have, whether you're in Virginia, you're in Illinois, you're in Texas, you're in Arkansas and your candidate lost and they lost to someone who is not nearly as good a candidate. They're not nearly as conservative and, and you're so upset at Uninformed voters who say they're conservative, they're, uh, you know, they they believe in all the things that you do, and yet they turn around and vote for somebody that does not have any of their values whatsoever. And we saw that here in our own state tonight. But what is the alternative? The alternative, you know, we can't quit. We have to keep going. We have to keep resisting. We have to do one thing, one office at a time. If it's, if it's not governorships, then it's other constitutional offices. If it's not other constitutional offices, uh, then it's state houses. And if it's not state houses, it's state Senate seats. And if it's not state Senate seats, uh, it's county, uh, commissioners or, or, uh, ca- county judges. Uh, and if it's not county judges, uh, then it's city councils. And if it's not city councils, uh, it's constables, uh, it's, it's school board members, it's dog catcher, whatever we start, we resist, we, we promote conservatism where we can, as we can, and we build from there. And so I think that's, that's not a good, uh, plan. It's the only plan is that the conservative resistance has to keep resisting you know there's uh, a, a a phenomenon or a principle uh, and that is that a object in motion will stay in motion and an object at rest will stay at rest and we as the conservative resistance uh, we have to keep moving because if we if we if we stop then we may not ever start again, and so uh, I, this this thought hit me in in it and it's not just for uh this case it's it applies to marriage, it applies to finances it applies to studies it applies to spiritual uh, it's a spiritual application and that is. Whatever you may be doing in life and you're trying to attain a great marriage, a great business or whatever it is, or, or build a church or build a business or build a family. But, but think of whatever you're trying to build. You're scaling a mountain and scaling mountains is not easy and very few people do it. That's why it's pretty lonely on a mountainside. And so you're tired, you're weary and you're halfway up the mountain and you want to just let go of the rope and just slide back to the bottom because this this resistance really gets tiring. Or you can just hang out on the side of that mountain until you get your energy. Stay right in the position you are. Don't give up any ground. Stay right where you are till you get your next breath and you take another step. I told a family today that's going through some really tough things. And man, when they poured out everything going through, they're going through and I was sitting in their home and even in their home, there was, you know, a lot of uh, unfinished stuff and just financially and in so many areas, they're just, their life is in shambles. And it was almost ironic because their home, they'd started a remodel and uh, some things that happened and, even that had gone wrong, and it was all just you know half finished and it was like the the home represented their life being in shambles and and being in a place where you 're almost overwhelmed with where do you start in life in this house in my marriage, whatever it may be and I told him I said, look you can 't look behind and because it 's behind you uh, that's that 's profound right, and you can 't look ahead." because it's not here yet so all you have is right now and i had a guy tell me years ago uh when i i used to run a lot and i you know i'd had this long day i ran it was 13 miles and he said you know how you run 13 miles and i said no he said you don't think about it he said if if you allow your brain to think about it, i got to run 13 miles you'll never run it you'll give up you'll quit and when you're at mile two you'll say man i got 11 miles if you think like that, even uh, when you get to 12 miles, you get one more mile, uh, that's okay. But even then it's like, man, I got a whole mile. That's how your brain will process it when you're that tired, when your lungs are on fire, when your legs feel like lead. He said, you know how you do it? You say, you, you know, I don't know where the next mile marker is. I don't know where, I don't know where the next, uh, you know, water station is, but here's, I don't know if I can make the next water station, but I know this. I can take one more step, one more stride. And he said, you do it stride by stride. And so on this uh, post primary night where maybe your candidate didn't win, maybe things didn't go the way that you want them to go. Uh, maybe you're not only disappointed, you are severely disappointed by what happened. Uh, so if you get to focusing on, Man, we've got a long ways to go. You're going to get discouraged. If you look at it and go, man, we've looked back and said, man, we've tried all this and we spent all this money and we did all this and, and very little happened, then you get discouraged. But if you can say, you know what? I'm getting up tomorrow and we're going to try, we're, we're going to start again and we're going to recruit, uh, a, uh, a school board member and we're going to recruit a, city council person and we're going to recruit a mayor candidate and you just you start where you can and you build out from where you can and then if you will do what you can then those other things will tend to take place or take care of themselves man we have had a wonderful time uh, being with you and i have found this to be just a privilege and i want to thank each and every one of you for uh, allowing me uh, to have this time with you. Uh, I did want to uh, uh, do our tweet of the day before we get away, and so we're going to do that. That is brought to you by Red River Your Way, by the way, and I'm so thankful for Mitch Ward, the owner of Red River Your Way. If you want a car, need a car, go to Red River Your Way, look up the car you want, figure out your finance and and then once you get it all figured out, get it done, get it closed, they're going to deliver it right to your door. What a, what a deal. And great, great people. Uh, in fact, uh, we, we find that, uh, uh, Mitch was trying up until this afternoon. He was, uh, trying to turn people, uh, to doc. Yeah, even as we spoke, uh, we were heading into the, uh, to the uh, event there. Uh, after uh, the polling stations closed right before uh, right at lunch and in the afternoon he was still trying to turn people uh there so uh, uh to to dot so uh these are people that believe in freedom and they're people you will love doing business with, so we hope that you will uh it, you will support them and uh do uh, do good by going and checking them out. Uh, so, um, uh, Tim Swains is breaking Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene wins the GOP primary in house district 14. Uh, that's a great one right there. Um, uh, let's see. Um, uh, I want to give you one more here. Uh, Mm. Oh, let's see here. Give me one second. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, yeah, this right here is kind of what I'm talking about. This is not funny and it's not, but it it just shows you where the voter, uh, their heads are. It says, this is David Wasserman. It says wrap your head around this fact: GOP primary voters in Georgia 14th District simultaneously renominated Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene by 53 points, and then Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger by 20 points. Uh, if you remember, Brad Raffensperger is the guy that refused to uh, to look into the election improprieties in, in Georgia and so uh, that is the fickleness of the voter uh, you know it's it's not easy uh, but I'm I'm telling you uh, the resistance has to continue we have to continue to fight we have to continue to be stay vigilant and the way we do that is one step at a time hope you have a wonderful day